good um, evening to everyone, and uh, we want to continue on the topic of position yourself in the Abraham blessing, and whether you know it or not, we already are entitled to it, but we have to make the adjustments to position ourselves to receive from it. You know, anything that you want in life, you have to position yourself for it, just like, you know, if you're going for, uh, applying for a job, you know, a certain amount of uh, money, you know, a year salary, you know, income a year, you know, you want to apply for that what position, right? You want to, if you get in that position, you'll get that income, right? And so same thing with God, you know, all the things he has in store for us, we have to get in that position. And so many times people, they just don't do what is, what they need to do to apply themselves to what God has in, in store for us to receive what he has in store for. We have to get ourselves in that position. We already know that, you know, crying and begging and, and just fasting and all, all that don't bring things to fruition, what we need. We have to get ourselves in position. You know, you can be a good person, you know, you know, labor in the church, you know, um, volunteer services and so on and so on, but you have to get yourself in position. Somebody say in position. Now, let's go over here. Let's um, look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, the book of Isaiah and 51. And we're going to look here carefully at verse 2. He says that, Look unto Abraham your father and unto Sarah that bear you, for I called him alone and buried him and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion, he will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert uh, like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving, and the voice of what melody. Amen. But he says to look unto Abraham and to Sarah, he says, if I call him alone. And when you look over here in verse 12, you see that he said, even I, even I am he that comfort you, who art thou that shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the son of man which shall be as the grass. He said, and forget it the Lord thy maker, which has stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, and has fear continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, and if he were ready to destroy, and were is the furry of the oppressor. If he, in other words, he said, if he could do it, then what, why did he just go ahead and do it? He can't do it. He wants you to understand, understand that we are God. God takes care of us. He wants us to know that he is the one who stretched forth the heavens. He's the one who created the heavens, the earth, the stars, and et cetera. And he keeps God, every time we, we seek in God for something, God gives us a, a short resume of himself. How Paul, he said, I'm not just, you know, God. He said, I'm the creator of all things. He said, I can do anything. And the things he talked about in his resume, so to say, he talked about things that he know man cannot do. He know man cannot stretch forth the heavens. Amen. He said, I'm the one who, what, stretched forth the heavens. God said, I'm the one that makes the heavens bigger. I'm the one who makes the heavens wider. I'm the one that makes sure the heaven has no depth, no, no, no width, no height, no length. So he said, I stretch forth the heavens. Tell me what scientist, what person who can stretch forth the heavens? Who can make it larger? Only God can make it larger. Amen. So this is important. God said, now I want you to understand. So if you can find someone who can do what I can do or can do it better than I can do, then you need to make him your God. But in other words, he said, can't nobody do what I can do. He said, they can't do it better than I can do. He said, there's no God before me. There's no God after me. He said, there's no God beside me because I'm everywhere. I'm too much for anybody and anything. And so it's important for us to understand because he wants us to put our faith in this because he goes back to Abraham. He said, you that follow after righteousness, you're seeking that what is right for your life, that what I, I declare. He said, this is how you're going to get it. He said, look at Abraham. He said, because you got to get your identity out of him because that's where I cut my covenant with. He cut his covenant with Abraham. God was looking to cut covenant from Adam all the way going forward, and then he got to Abraham. He got to a man who would believe him. And Abraham was a moon worshiper. He was a person, he was a heathen. He wasn't, a, he wasn't even a Hebrew. God made him a Hebrew. Amen. And God made the Hebrews Jews. Amen. If you studied, they were, you know, Abraham was, was from Chaldee. He, he, was a, he was a moon worshiper. He was a man in the business. And, and you know, and know what God told him? He said, you're too close to people who cannot see who I really am. He said, therefore, get away from your, your hometown 
and get into a land that I will show you. And, and when you understand this, when you understand this, you, understand, you will understand that you don't have to see, feel, touch, taste everything in order for God to do what he said he can do. Because God would tell you to do something that causes a person to fully have to trust in him. But you know, us today, we want to make sure, okay, God, I want to know what you're going to do next. And send me a text before you do it. Come on now. You want, you want, come with all these confirmations. That's a confirmation. That's a confirmation. That's a, well, you don't need all these confirmations. All we need is God. Amen. And the calling and the gifts of God is on inside of you. Listen to me very carefully. God put it there. He's able to bring it there and bring it to fruition. He said, you want to know how awesome I am? Look into Abraham. That's how awesome I am. He said, I took one man, blessed one man, and made him a mighty nation. One man. He said, therefore, if you want to understand how to flow with this, he said, look to him. He said, because this is where I have hewed and cut you out of. Because I finally found somebody that I can covenant with, that I can bring my son into the earth and ratify that covenant, then make sure it's good for you and I. Amen? So when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, it wasn't so much, it was way far beyond Easter. It had to do everything with a covenant that God cut with Abraham. Amen. Because Abraham gave up his son, watch it, and God was able to offer up his son. Because when you're in a covenant, it's just like a marriage. It don't mean that one person do everything and the other person don't do anything. Amen. Amen. Whatever that person does, the next person will do it and make sure that those words come to fruition. And God sent Abraham, God called Abraham, and Abraham was about to offer up his son, his only son. Oh, he had, he had Ishmael, but Ishmael was not his promise. Ishmael, watch it now, was a, was a, I ain't going to call it a mistake, because he knew what he was doing. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing. Amen. But Ishmael, but watch it now, but God said that was his own, that was his promised child. Amen. Perhaps you living in the house that you're living in right now, it's not your promised house. Now, I don't know how we skipped on the on to that. You might be, you might not be driving, you might be driving an Ishmael today, don't even know it. And God wants you to drive an Isaac. God wants you to drive a promise. Amen. Maybe when you're working today, maybe not, may not be the promise. It may be the Ishmael. If, if you force it to happen yourself, then it's the Ishmael. But if you believe God for it, then it's the promise. And if it's the promise, then nobody can fire you as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do according to the promise. Amen. Now, this covenant thing, what I want us to understand is this covenant thing is this, is that being that um, Abraham did offer up his son, and God told me he had to do it. God said, now I can offer my son. He said, now God prepared himself a lamb. Then they gave God full access to the earth, righteous down, because God already licensed the earth that only had, you had to have authority to be in the earth. You had to have a, a suit. You had to have a man's suit to be in the earth. So therefore, God could not get in the earth not unless he could find somebody to cut covenant with. And so that being that Abraham agreed with the covenant with God, now God was able to send his son, watch this, wrapped up in flesh to ratify and to finish that covenant that he promised unto Abraham. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is going to radically going to blow your mind because we've been living beneath the blessing. We've been compromising because we've been living, watch that, we've been living on the side of trying to do it like Ishmael. And God wants us to live like Isaac. That's why every time you make a mistake, you persecute yourself. But every time it, things don't come to fruition, you condemn yourself. Why? Because you, people are provoking the, the Ishmael instead of receiving the Isaac. And this will make our life sweatless to the point you get that house paid off quick. You can call a thing to be not as though they were, because you understand the promise has already been ratified, has already been taken care of through Jesus. Amen. All right. Now, I don't know how we got into that, but we're there, so let's move on back. Let's, let's collate a little bit. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. And, and here we see that there was a woman who was bowed over for 18 years. She had infirmity. Somebody said infirmity. She had this infirmity. She was bowed over 18 years. Satan had, had caused her to be bent over for 18 years, and the Bible says she could in no wise straighten up. <laughs> is there some things in your life you feel like, I just can't get this thing straight for nothing? This is like, as I, I can try hard. I can, I can work hard. I can work overtime. I can work two jobs, work overtime on both of them. I just can't get this, I can't, can't get this thing straight. And the Bible says that Jesus came to the woman and said, woman, be, be thou are loose of thy infirmities, right? And then everybody got mad about it because he did it on the Sabbath day. Now, I want you to understand, so everybody in church ain't going to be excited about when God gives you a breakthrough. I'm going to let you know that right now. 
You think everybody's going to celebrate you? Only have a party with those who come to the party. Amen? Amen. <laughs> don't try to get those who don't want to come to the party to be party full whoop because they die. Because everybody in church is not happy about what God does for you. Now, listen to me very carefully, child of God. Now, watch this. Now, after Jesus healed this, this, this woman, and they was complaining about Jesus healing her on the Sabbath day, and Jesus said, ought not this woman who was bound these 18 years, who Satan has bound, Washington should be healed, being that she's a daughter of Abraham. Amen. And what I'm saying to you today, there are some things that you never going to get straight in your life until you realize who seed you are. See, you follow? You see what I'm trying to get you? I'm trying to get you to position yourself. See, she, he told him, them that this woman was a seed of Abraham, and she ought to be loose of this infirmity because this is the seed that's connected to the promise that God made with Abraham that you and I benefit of. Whether you realize it or not, <clears throat> the day you are benefiting off the labor of somebody else. I know I'm living off my grandma and my mama's prayers. I'm, I'm living off of grace off my spiritual fathers. I know that I'm living off of the, the blessing of Abraham, but watching it, I have to solely keep my mind apprehended under that, that one thing, that I am of the seed of Abraham. Now, listen, we're not talking about Abraham alone, because this thing got, it got a connection. Somebody said connection. Because sometimes you talk about a man, you think God ain't got nothing to do with it. But, but if you understand, the Bible said that Christ is a man and that Christ is Christ, Watch this, standing in the presence of God on, on behalf of us. Ain't that something? He's standing in the presence of God as a man and as a son of God to represent us in the earth. Because he understood it took a man to God to get in the covenant with, and that man portion represents Jesus finishing the work that Abraham and God covenanted together and standing as the son of God and God placed so that he, watch it now, that he can bring us all together through him. That's why that's the only way to get to God, watch it now, is through Jesus. People can say what they want to say. They say, well, you can just buy $1,000 worth of Girl Scout cookies and God receive it. No, Jesus is the door. Good works are not the door. Christ, Jesus Christ is the door. Amen. Now, look at this now. Let, let's go over here. Now, let's go over here to the book of Luke chapter. Um, I gave you 13. If, if it was 13. I gave you the wrong one. It was 13. That's when talking about one more than infirmity. Then we'll go to Luke chapter 19. You see that God is Jesus dealing with Zacchaeus. And the Bible said that Zacchaeus positioned himself in a tree because he was short of stature. But notice something. Jesus, all these people around him, time Jesus got underneath Zacchaeus, he looked straight up and said, hey, come on down. Ain't that something? He said, come on down. He said, you're in the wrong position, but I found you where you are. He said, come down because we must go to your house. We'll go to your house, and I'm going, I got to enter into your house and watch this now. And everybody got upset about this because Jesus now ain't going to a publican's house. And they want to know why is Jesus going to the sinner's house to have fellowship with him. And Zacchaeus began to say, you know, when Jesus come to your house, you start repenting about everything. Lord, I cheated on my taxes. I did that. You know, I took, I took the salt and pepper. I took too many napkins out of the, come on. Love, come on now. <laughs> you know, he'll make you talk up some stuff. <laughs> now watch this now. And so um, Jesus said this, this day, he said also. Notice something. So I believe, based because he said also, I believe that Zacchaeus and some other persons, chapter 19, were not too far from chapter 13. Because where's the also going to relate to? He said, also, salvation is entered this house, because also you are a child, you are the seed of, of the son of Abraham. Amen. And he came to seek that which was lost. Amen. For the, see, okay, now, yeah, I'm looking at the screen and trying to say things at the same time, getting mixed up here now. But he said, because you are also of the seed of Abraham. And Jesus came to make sure that everybody who did not know who they were knew who they were. Amen. Go watch this. You can be right in church and still be lost. You can be singing in the choir. You can be preaching. You can be the doctor, bishop, apostle, the, the, um, the, the, what you call it, the prelate or whatever you want to call it. You can be all those things and still be lost. Because if you don't find yourself watching in Christ, a seed of Abraham, you're lost. You, you, are, you, you are strangers to your 
covenant of promises. You're a stranger to the commonwealth of Israel. Are you, you feel where I'm going? Now, I say in the choir, I pray in tongues. Yeah, you pray in tongues, but you're not fully connected to why you're praying in tongues. Because the reason why, oh, Lord, because why you pray in tongues, watch it, because the Holy Ghost comes up and bear witness that you are a child and that you are a, a heir. He said, and if you understand, you position yourself, he said, they, oh, Lord, help me slow down. I'm talking too fast. You are heir of Christ, and you are Abraham's seed. So the Holy Ghost is there, the angels are there to reinforce and to make sure you get what was promised to you, that God promised to Abraham that Jesus made sure that the promise was sure. (laughs) Amen. If everybody got a hold of the promise, there'll be no doctrines. If everybody got a hold of the promise, there'd be no religious battles out here. There be no competition out here because it's sure to all the seed. It's sure. And that's one of the key problems in the church. Well, well you're an evangelist, but I'm a pastor. And all these struggles and all these, 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 these contentions and all these competitions and all these striving to be something that the promise already made sure that you are. And if you understand that we all can arrive there together because we have all things in common. Because of this promise and because of this commitment that Christ made possible through his blood. Amen, somebody. You ain't got to struggle with the biggest preacher or the biggest giver. You ain't got to struggle with the biggest salary person. You ain't got to struggle with that because the Bible already said all things are yours. Amen. God said, I ain't even giving you the kingdom, but you don't know how to access it. Amen. You got, see, the reason why you, people don't enter in because they don't, they're not sure they're supposed to be in there. <laughs> or some don't know how to get in there. Amen. You get in through the blood of Jesus. He said, I'll give you these, these keys. And you have to know this. Watch that. I don't care who you are. You can be somebody different. But if I gave you the keys to my house, you would be very skeptical about entering in because you know you 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 are you were not you not you not my son or my daughter or my spouse or my, my mother in law you're not one of those persons so you're gonna be very skeptical about entering in but if you was born in my house and I gave you a key you don't care what time that you coming up in there then you might even come up in the bathroom while I'm in there <laughs> that was kind of gross but you understand what I'm saying <laughs> you know what I'm saying see so you you know you can come in. Cause I don't know what kids, they think that because you're their parent, they can just barge in your room. I don't get it. But then again, I do understand. I'm saying, I got access to everything. I don't care if you got clothes on or your butt naked. I don't care. I got access. Amen. Oh, boy, man, I tell you. Now you understand what I'm saying? I mean, do you really understand what I'm saying? And if you truly understood this and you embrace it with all your heart, guess what? You will go in, and you will go out. You know why? Because Jesus said this. He said, I'm the door. Ah, God, you got to hear me. He said, by me, you enter in, and you can come out. He said, I'm the door to the pastors, the green pastors. He said, by me, you can enter in, and you can come out. He said, I'll give you authority and life in both realms. That's why I'm looking for the ah. He said, I'll give you, he said, you can come in and get what you need. He said, this acts in my name. He said, being my name, my name represents your inheritance. So I ain't got time to go, you should know enough Bible. We'll get to that in a little bit. Now let's watch that. He said, and by my name, that represents the inheritance that belongs to you. He said, if you ask anything in my name, watch that. He's, I'll see to it that you have it. Why? Because I already make sure that you can have it. It's already yours. If you ask it in my name, he said, make sure that you have it. It's your inheritance. And that opens up. People, I hear people sometimes, brother, they say, you say, well, you know, I'm going to ask so-and-so for money. I said, ask God for the money. You don't, see, you don't have to borrow money from people. You can ask God for the money. And know how God would say, you want the money? He said, well, take this $10 and give it to that poor person over there. He said, cause they, he said whenever you help the poor, he said, you lend unto the Lord and he will repay. Amen. Or he said, sow this seed over here, and he'll tell you about the seeds because the seeds will always crush Satan. Amen. 
What is crushed Satan? And Jesus, the seed, crushed Satan. He said, the seed shall, the heel of the seed shall bruise your head. The seed. So if there's anything, uh, any area of your life that the enemy is trying to dominate your life, why, God will always take care of it with a seed. Whether you're the seed or it's the principle of the seed. <laughs> Amen. That's why the seed on the third day got up. So every time you give, you honor God with a tithe or you sow a seed, you should expect for it to come back to you because it got to get up because that Jesus, when he died on Calvary's cross, he was resurrected. He said anything that's sowed into the ground or sowed and it dies out of your life, he said it's going to be resurrected back to you. You can't sow a seed to keep thinking about the seed that you sowed. It ain't dead yet. <laughs> God, 2018, I sold that $1,000 seed. You got to let that seed fall to the ground and die. <laughs> you follow me, you got to let it die so it can come back to you. And there's some things that come back to us swiftly if we stop thinking about what we gave. I can't believe I, that preacher tricked me that time. I don't believe I gave that. <laughs> you know, he did it on communion Sunday. It must be something in that, in that juice, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Look at this now. All right. Mm. Well, I don't bounce here. Well, I don't know where to go now. Okay. Let's look at um, Romans chapter 2, the book of Romans in chapter 2. I apologize for bouncing everywhere. I'm trying to be a little bit methodical in, in his teachers, you know. But in Romans 2, 26, he says, Therefore, if the uncircumcision... Keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for to, to circumcision, and shall not uncircumcision which is by nature, excuse me, and shall not uncircumcision which is by nature, if it fulfilled the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, but is is, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, say, I am a Jew, which is one inwardly. And see, Abraham was made a Jew inwardly. You and I were made a Jew inwardly. Amen. It's not outwardly, it's inwardly. So you can't say, I wasn't born in Israel. But watch this, everybody want to go to Israel. Those who I say want to go to Israel, why? Because you're a Jew, that's why. You want to go home. You, you, want to see, you want to see where Jesus walked. Because it, it, it's a yearning in your spirit. It's a pulling in your spirit because you know that's where you came, actually came from. I, I don't mind going to, you know, to Miami and going to see those replicas of the Holy Land, but I really want to go there. Because, see, Jesus wasn't walking around in Florida. Now, by the spirit that he was and he can, but he really walks the streets of Jerusalem. And those streets are calling you and I. We want to go. Why everybody want to go? Why everybody want to go to Israel? Because you are a Jew. Now, I ain't say a Hebrew. I said a Jew. And the reason why I'm saying that because we got too many black Christians now trying to be Hebrews. Changing the name to Hebrew names. And your male still going to come to you. Mr. Mrs. Jackson. See, it's gonna be, they, don't care what, they don't care what you call yourself. Spend a $10,000, change your name. Just change your mind. Changing your name ain't going to change nothing. Until you change, how you going <laughs> to? I had one person. I ain't going to say this, but I'm going to say it now. You know I'm going to say it. <laughs> they said, they was in business. They said, I need to change my name back to what I was before. I was doing better on that side until I gave myself this Hebrew name. See, that's outwardly. You follow me? You got to do it inwardly. Say, say, I'm a Jew inwardly. Okay, let's, let's get some um, correlations here. Let's, let's, uh, let's get some correlations here. But people, God, what I want you to do, I want you to go through these scriptures. And even you go to videos and just look at the life of Abraham. They're telling stories. Just look at it so you get familiar, you get aware of it. Okay? And, 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 and ask the Holy Spirit to show you the difference of it because you, you, you got to get this, all right? And, and if you get more of it, when you come here, we're going to get more. I'm going to pull from your spirit. You can pull from mine. Amen. Don't let me just be the only teacher. Give me something to pull from. Don't, don't, don't stay dumb until I see you again. Amen. <laughs> I ain't mean to say that. You know what I'm saying. You know, 
You know, when we was coming up, we, we ain't read the Bible until it's time to come to church. If I know that ain't job, I'm sick. <laughs> Thank you. That ain't work either, but let's, <laughs> let's look at, um, okay, let's look at Ephesians 1. The more power we bring to the house, the more powerful the house will be. How about that? Ooh, thank you, Lord. Ephesians 1, we're going to look at verse, let's look at verse 1. Now, let's look at verse um, 3. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Okay? Now, he says, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption. Somebody said adoption. The adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasures of his will. But what I want to look at, we want to look at the word adoption. Amen. That's to be, if you won't naturally birthed into but he'll make sure that you still be a part of the family. Amen. And we were adopted through Jesus Christ. And I ain't talking about God signing papers from one parent to another. I, no, he, once we got born again, we were adopted. So that means that if Johnny is the biological child, then here comes Bob who was adopted. Bob get exactly what Johnny gets. As a matter of fact, John, Bob, I don't got names mixed up, but the one on this side right here, <laughs> it's okay. the one on this side, don't y'all laugh at me, the, Bob, thank you, thank you, Bob. I knew, I was just messing with them, watch them. Bob probably didn't realize he was adopted until somebody told him, because he always thought that his daddy was his biological daddy, why? Because he was treated the same. You better hear me now. Because he was treated the same, he read, you mean you read my, you, you want my, what? I don't believe it. He said, nah, I'm, I'm, I, just, I just accepted you. I just adopted you. And I love you just like I love him. And so you are my beloved. And I love you. You are beloved by me the same way I'm loving him. Jesus said this himself. He said, Father, he said, he said, love them like you love me. And also let me be in them. He said that in the book of John, chapter 17. Now, how, you can't get no deeper than that. He said, I'm going to be in them. He said, the same love that you have towards me, let it be towards them. Talk about he'll be loved because Christ is on the inside of us. And we're adopted. Now, you got to understand, so we are adopted. We, you and I get exactly, somebody say exactly. We get exactly the same thing that Jesus gets. Well, I don't know about that because, you know, the, you know, the disciples' mamas wanted their, their, their children to sit on the right hand in heaven. And, and you know what? And, and we'll be there too because Jesus is on the right hand of the Father, right? Yeah. And then the Bible says this, and we are seated with who? With him. Yeah. So where is he seated? But on what side? So where are we seated? We get everything he gets. Uh, you understand? We get everything he gets. Well, how much we going to keep leaving on the table? Begging like we sinners. Lord, come on. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Lord, if you love me, then you start a, then you put in a complaint. If you love me. God said, if you, it's, it's just an insult. He said, then I so love the world that gave my only begotten son. And just because you can't pay your cable bill, now you're going to ask me if I love you? He said, I'll ask you this. Ha, do you love yourself? Because if you love yourself, you receive all that I have for you. Amen. And this time, we need to look right in the mirror and apologize to ourselves for trying to get something that we already have. And God has told us to receive it. Amen. Healing, prosperity, all of that is already, is already there. Amen. You know, I was, I was sitting there, I said, why do I keep investing in more business and more business? Why, why keep doing that? Why keep doing it? He said, because between, he said, from Solomon to A, all the way down to Abraham, that's that junction and function on the inside of you. Amen. I, I, I don't look towards no, no income tax check. If I get it, I'm going to invest it. 
I'm going to bless and I'm going to invest. I ain't going to spin it all up because I'm going to King's Dominion and put, eating um, funnel cakes and paint my face all and come back broke. I ain't got time for that. I'm going to make that money work for a, a long time. Amen. Amen. Until the next time when I need it again, would it come again? It is sitting there. Okay, well, let's put that over there. Give it to somebody. Amen. You want to get to a place in your life that you can function like Abraham. Abraham was so blessed, he understood this. Lot, I don't care what side you choose. Because if I go over this side, when I get over there, it's going to be blessed. See, I don't have to choose what's already been prepared. When I get there, it's going to prepare itself on my arrival. You got to understand the blessing that rests on us right now is so powerful. It's more than things. It's also dealing with intangible things as well. It's your weaponry. It's your fortitude. It's your, it's your fortress. It's your garrison. It's your dreams. It's your hope. All of that, all of that is in there. That's why all the people who come to this ministry, you start looking younger. But the first time I saw y'all, I said, these are the most ugliest people I've ever seen in my life. No, I just joke. I just joke. I just I ain't said that. I ain't said that. I ain't said that. My mama said that, but I ain't said that. <laughs> she said about you, though. We was at dinner on Sunday when my mom was living. And, you know, people, just, people coming over and eating and stuff and everything. My mama just looked at me. She said, you know what? <laughs> she said, these are the most ugliest people I've ever seen. I said, I said, Mom, this is your family. My <laughs> 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 mom used to say some stuff, but I tell you, that, that's Patsy Harvey, amen. I miss that girl, but I tell you, but I carry her where I go. And because of her covenant, her relationship in prayer and what she did, when she offered up, I, I have to strive towards success. So when she looking through the, uh, what you call it, the great cloud of witness, now, she said, that's my son right there. She said, you need to pray to God about your boy over there, but that's my son right there, amen. <laughs> amen. I, I think about all that in every endeavor, everything I do, I think about that. And you need, everything you do, you need to think about Jesus, Abraham, and those who prayed for you. Don't, don't stand in it by yourself. Notice somebody bragging on you. Somebody believes in you. Somebody don't pave the way. Somebody fought for you. Somebody sweat some blood for you. And when you do that, you have a cause in your life. If you don't have a cause, you won't contend. You won't fight battles if you don't have a cause. Amen? All right, look at this thing. Okay, now, so let's look at this now. Let's look at, uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 6. Even though we're going over the same scriptures we went on Sunday, but this is how we become disciples and discipline. But still, the Holy Spirit adds more onto what we heard previously. Amen? So in Hebrews chapter 6, and in verse um, uh, 8, he says, But that which beareth thorns and, buried and briars is rejected and is now unto cursing, who end is to be burned. Then verse 9 he said, But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that do accompany your salvation. Though we thus speak. He said, I'm about to show you something. We're about to speak this. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints, and you do minister. And he said, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence or consistency to the full assurance of hope unto the end. He said, this don't try to get to the end. He said, have full assurance. Have this blessed hope unto the end. He said, and don't grow spiritually sluggish. Our King James Version says, I'm slothful. He said, but be followers. Somebody said, be followers. In other words, he said, be imitators. Somebody said, be imitators. In other words, he said, be led. See, be led. He said, but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. These are the same promises. But notice something. If you want to get or desire to get to your promise of your inheritance, you're going to have to be led. You're going to have to follow. You're going to have to imitate. Now, I ain't talking about me. Because <laughs> I'm working on it myself, too. But the, what I can say, as I'm following, you do imitate me as I'm following. Because Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said, let me lead you like Christ is leading me. That's what he's saying. Okay? Now, he said that ye be not 
spiritually sluggish, but not uh, be slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And whether you like it or not, you're going to follow somebody. You're going to follow some thought, some emotion, some compassion, or some football team like the Dallas Cowboys. You're going to make a mistake somewhere is what I'm saying. What's wrong? What's wrong with y'all? Okay, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're going to follow something. <laughs> all right, let's get back on. Let's get back in anointing. Let's get back on anointing. I don't mess y'all up now. Y'all ready to protest? Get ready to call all shopping on. I already said, okay, why is it done? He says that, then he says, and when God made promise to Abraham, so he's showing us who to follow. When God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiply it, I will multiply thee. And so after that he had patient endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmations to him, to them, an end of all strife. Mean to put away that mental argument. There's no is he, if he going to do it, or won't he do it? No, he already did it. What would get that, won't he do it? <laughs> Not that won't he do it. I got in the wrong with that. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, let's, let's upgrade it. He already did it. You just, you just walked into it and said, won't he do it, but he already did it. It's, not, look, it's nothing else for God to do. Christ did it all. God did it all. It's not enough. He said, I did everything for you. And we said, won't he do it? Yeah, he will. Say it. Da, 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 da. Won't he do it? And you, look at my car. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? God said, boy, you don't get out here with that mess. I'd already did it. Watch this. The cars that God has for you, he won't do it. He did it. The house, he already did it. He said, I've already given you a house you didn't build. He said, I'm not going to do it. I did it. That's just like this. That's just like God putting Adam on the earth. With, there was no trees. There was no animals. There was no insects. There was no birds. He put all those things here. Then man was created on the sixth day. So when a bird came by, he saw Adam say, won't he do it? He said that. <laughs> he, already, he already did it. Now, when Eve came up, that was a different story. <laughs> he said it would. Amen. <laughs> oh, let me get back on here. <laughs> but listen, y'all, y'all, y'all fun. But everything was already in place when Adam got here. You don't have a baby shower after the baby was born. You have the baby shower before the baby was born. You have the bridal shower before the wedding. Amen. All these things are before. That's why God said before the foundations of the world, blah, blah, blah. It was already taken care of. God had already looked out everything you want, everything you desire, and also the thing he would want to give you too. He put it into motion. Because God said there's some things you could want, you could desire, but they're not greater than the things I want to give you and desire to give you. So therefore, when you get in the earth, he said, I already made sure that those things are going to take place. He said, all that I do is put my desires in your heart. And, and everything that I put in your heart, I already put in the earth. He said God will give you the desires of the heart. That means he will place them there because you're not capable of desiring on that level. And then he, if you commit yourself to that great desire, then he will bring it to pass. Because your desire don't cover, don't glorify God the way. You see, people get mixed up with that. You can, it, can be credit to, it can be credited to college. <laughs> or somebody else, or somebody. God said, but my desire, when it comes to pass, can't nobody get the glory but me, because can't nobody else do it but me. Amen. Amen. All right. Look at this now. That's why you got to dream big. And I got it right on my refrigerator. Lord, I desire your desires for my life. Watch this there. That meets all of my needs and my desires. I said, I want your desire. And what I was praying, God said, ask me for my desires for you. Amen. Amen. You, you, watch this. You, you watch this. You don't, watch this. You, you always go and you ask your children or somebody, what do you want for your birthday? Or what do you want for Christmas? They can ask for one thing, right? But you still give them more than what they ask for. 
Because God will always do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ever ask or think. You got to give God some room in your life that he can do what he wants to do. He said, I just want you to just start something off. and Then watch, I'll finish it for you. Amen. And that's why he said, if you would ask for me, he said, I give you, I give you the heathen as your inheritance. Amen. And that's some countries right now. I said, I believe I could be a good president over that country right there. I think I can run that thing. Amen. With God. Amen. I believe we can have some political influence in there. Amen. I'm just not believing so we can know, have a Bentley and a Rolls Royce and two or three houses. Man, we got to do more than that. I mean, the blessing is supposed to affect other families. It's supposed to affect nations. That's how awesome, that's how big it is. Matter of fact, everything that's going on in Israel right now, every, every benefit that they get and everybody who's born and saved under the blood of Jesus, that's all because of what God covenanted with Abraham that Jesus ratified on Calvary's cross. That's why you look good today. That's why you have more than one thing today. That's why you keep breaking through today. It's all related and connected to what I'm teaching you right now. Amen. Okay, let's, let's finish this up. We got um, eight minutes. He says that, verse 17, wherein God willing abundantly to show unto the heirs. You see that? He's willing and abundant to show it. God is eager. <laughs> That's something he's excited about. He's eager to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. He can't change it. Confirmed it by what? An oath. That by two immutable things in which one was impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is what set before us. Now, but, but notice, um, now he already talked about Abraham, right? Am I correct? Then he talked about Abraham, verse, what is that, in verse um, 13. Now, then he says in verse 19, which hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enter into that within the what? The veil. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made and high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, he put Jesus on the end of it because Jesus, watch it now, brings everything to fruition. But notice something. Jesus is the what? The forerunner. So if he's the forerunner, there's an afterrunner. That's a before and after. But the before, the forerunner, not only does he enter in first, but he also announced what's coming next. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Jesus. And he said, here come one mightier than I, who lashes I am not worthy to stoop down to unloose. He was a forerunner. He went first and he announced what was coming next. Jesus went first and told all heaven that we're coming next. Why? Because what God promised to Abraham that he made sure that it was to come to pass, he made sure that the promise was sure and to all the seed. He said, he said, God, Daddy, you need to stretch the heavens. He said, because we got a whole lot of them coming now. Amen. He said, some of them big, some little. You got to stretch the heavens, amen, and make some room. And we all get to see in the right side, sit there with Christ. Hey, that's on. So why, could, why would we have the audacity to complain about anything? Change our position. We've got to reposition ourselves. Now, God, he's eager to do this. He's willing to do this, right? And being so, that he is eager, he is willing to do it, we must realize I got to find somebody who's going to teach me about Abraham. i got to find out who Abraham really is, and, and he's, not the, he's, he's not the second president of the United States. <laughs> he wasn't a political officer, amen. Notice, but God did use the name Abraham to free some people, amen, get some people free. Ain't that something? He got a little something to do with that, a little, little something. Then, then, then Hollywood will turn into a vampire killer, ain't that something? That's a stupid, I, don't, I'm gonna wait, I know I'm going to waste time, but how are you going to take somebody like that, a president, and make him a vampire slayer? That don't even make no sense. Well, look, back to this, back to this. <laughs> but God used Abraham. So he said, anytime you need something, he said, go back to Abraham and look, position yourself. 
Follow me? And then understand that covenant between Abraham, God, and Jesus was the one who brought it all to fruition for our lives. So now when you pray for something that's tangible, you can have it because God cut the covenant with Abraham for all tangible blessings. And when you need something that's intangible, Jesus' blood was shared for that covenant to bring everything that's intangible and tangible for your life. So that's why it's possible to receive everything with an amen in Christ Jesus. But you got to get the amen here. We just can't say it religiously. Because, you know, we was taught in church, after somebody say amen, you say amen. You may be saying amen to the wrong thing. Amen. <laughs> Listen to me now. We're saying amen to what Jesus has made available for us. Watch this now. Through his blood, because God made a covenant with Abraham. And God said, and you're hewed from that rock. He said, I dug you out of that. You're a descendant. <laughs> he said, you're family. Abraham, your great, great, greatest grandfather. He's the father of many nations. He said, now, watch this now. The blessing is so powerful. He said, now I want you to affect nations. Not just only geographically, but also, watch this now, in ethnicity. That person that you meet. You follow me? Don't run away from that person because, you know, they got a backpack on, their hair is, is silky. Don't, no, no, that's a nation. You follow, follow me? That's a nation. And we try to run away from, no, no, put the blessing on them. You, you, you don't, we don't even really know what's actually going on. Now, I'm going to say this in closing. My wife and I was, was driving, was going to Atlanta. We always stopped at, we used to do this, um, stopped at McDonald's. It was in North Carolina, off of, what is it, um, Gastonia or something like that. We'll, we'll stop up in there. Is that, is that Georgia or that North Carolina? Huh? North Carolina, okay. We'll stop in Gastonia because that's right where the state line is and everything up in there. And um, this young lady, <clears throat> she was um, at the register, and, um, and we was talking, and I realized that she was a Jew, and she working at McDonald's on a register. I said, are you the owner? <laughs> she said, no, I'm just, she, I just moved here, and me and my boyfriend, and we're trying to, I said, I said, girl, you're supposed to be running this thing because you're a Jew, and that's the way I saw her. And then when I left my Big Mac and my half-worn fries, God said, why you ain't thinking the same way about yourself? He said, you're no different than her. She don't know who she is, you don't know who you are. But you know who she is, but you don't know who you are. How do you know where everybody is, but you don't know who you are? Trying to tell everybody you this and that, you are the, you ain't know who you are. I'm just as much a Jew as she is. And the same way I see that she shouldn't be working at no register, the same way I see I shouldn't even be at the register buying no McDonald's food. I should be getting the fatty calf, amen, out the field. Dressing and getting red. I should be eating no kangaroo, amen. <laughs> I got to stop, man. But it was a lesson to me. I understood that. So when I walk into my house, I say, you know, this is all right, we're going to be here for a couple of years. We'll get something else, and let's pick a nation or a country or something. Spain, build another house. Let's do this over here. Let's build a house for somebody else. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let, let's, let's, let's do these things. And God told me this the other day. He said, you wrote a book. He said, why you don't believe me for a bestseller? He said, you just did it. And people are placing a demand on the book. You don't even realize how powerful I can make that book circulate around the world. See, we do something, or we said we did it. But God said, I want to make it the best that's out there. Amen. Amen. When you go on your job, don't say you just got the job. Be the best employee. Or be the best in, um, entrepreneur. Be the best at it. And God said, you didn't believe me for the book to be a bestseller. You know what I started saying? I said, Lord, I think this book will be a bestseller. He said, I already got people already positioned. I got another interview next week. And people, it's just getting in the hands of people and and things just happening. And you know all the testimonies, all those stuff. And things just happening. God said, I need you to step up your game because you'll get lost. You ain't going to know what's happening in this sauce. You got to step up. I need your words. I need you to be in agreement with me in this covenant that I can make this book a bestseller. Why? Because I need to touch people with this book. And you think what you're doing is for to put money in your pocket. That's for to touch people with what you're doing. Amen. So don't think small on what God has given you or what you just completed or where you're working. Hey, 
Touch somebody with it. Amen. Affect somebody's life with it. I don't care how, how small or how big it is. If you got it from God, God can do something big with it. Amen. Come on, listen to me now. See, you, you keep sitting, stop sitting back and cheering other people for. God want to cheer you for when you go up there. It's, it's that thing you got, that little cup thing that you, see, you gave everybody one except me. I ain't going to call no names. I came a hater on that day, but it's all right. The Lord delivered me. Amen. He delivers all. I said, that thing is so, you can put something on a cup saying anything that's emotionally. To deal with emotion, and that person should be looking at it because the anointing on it, because God gave it to you, it ain't like another cup. It ain't like, it ain't like a 7-Eleven or a Starbucks cup. No, God put something on there that affects somebody else's life. It don't have to be deep. It just need to come from God. That's all it needs to come from God. He put a grace on it. He put a blessing. He put anointing on it. That person look at that. They can be thinking about committing suicide. Look at that. And that thing to start a ministry right into their hearts. You follow what I'm saying? See, you count it small, but God will take a small thing and do a big thing with it. Right. So stop doing something small and all expect for it to be small because it's in your hands. Do something that God has given you, whether it's small, but expect God to do something with it big. You put it in his hand, it's going to be big. Amen. So stop sitting around and trying to and create a cure for cancer. Amen. Stop, stop trying to do something big, do something small that will prevent somebody from getting cancer. She ain't hear what I'm saying. It will prevent them from getting there because cancer doesn't come from whatever you think. It comes from pure, pure, poor malnutrition, a, a state of the mind, and all those different things. If you make somebody, watch them, if you help somebody get on their purpose, death got to wait for them until they die. They got to wait. Because purpose is more powerful than death. They can pronounce whatever on your life, and doctors say this and that, and, and people of your color and of your kind don't make it but so far, but you understand, I got a purpose. This was preordained before all this other stuff came up. If I stick with this purpose, I'll penetrate through all that stuff. Doctor visit to doctor visit, whatever, from chemo to chemo, whatever, I come right out out of there on the other side, born free, because I hold on to my purpose. Whatever God has given you has attached to a purpose, and it'll keep you alive. To you, 125. Come on, y'all, let's pray. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless you. We glorify you.